Good morning and welcome. It's an honor to be here this morning filling in for Pastor Sid as he's away and uh, I always enjoy my visits here at Longmont Church of the Nazarene. This morning I'd like to share with you uh, something that I believe is pertinent for our time. Um, I feel like the Lord has laid it on my heart and and I would like to be able to uh, communicate with you what I believe he's been talking to me about this morning. Uh, our scripture will be found in the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, and we will kind of move through uh, most of chapter 3, but for my text this morning, I'll be reading uh, verses 4 through verses 12. But before we get started, I'd like to go ahead and uh, say a prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are, for what you're doing in our lives, even in the midst of everything that's going on around us. Um, we're so thankful that nothing catches you off guard, nothing catches you by surprise, and that you're still about your work and your, uh, your business in our lives. And as we uh, dig into your word this morning, I would ask that you would guide and direct, that you would open our hearts and our minds uh, to what you have to say to us. Thank you again for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning at verse 4. The king, Solomon, went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God asked, Whatever you want, I will give to you. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Solomon, King Solomon as we, we call him, was the second son born to David and Bathsheba. He built the temple that David wanted to build in seven years. He also built a beautiful palace that took him over 13 years to build. He is said to have 
had hundreds of wives and concubines in his lifetime. The majority of these relationships were to provide political and military protection from the neighboring countries. In the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon are attributed to him. Probably the greatest credit given to him was that he was the wisest person to have lived then and since, as we just read in verse 12. Leading up to today's passage, we see that Solomon has done some house cleaning and unified the country under one king, as well as marrying the daughter of the Pharaoh of Egypt. It's interesting what Solomon asked for. The world is searching for wisdom, understanding, and discernment. Many people do not realize this intrinsic desire is present in their lives. They spend their entire lives searching for something they cannot even explain, much less experience. Solomon refers to this in Proverbs 1, and I'd like to read you uh, verses 20 to 22. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? The evidence surrounds us in the form of cults and cult-like followings of celebrities and abuses of drugs and the pursuit of fame and fortune and pleasures of all kinds. (coughs) There is an explosion of the pursuit of knowledge that is not necessarily based on the truth but on a storyline that draws people to our line of thinking, our own self-derived truth. Social media and the extensive news cycle bombards us and divides us along social and political lines. Some think of that knowledge and wisdom are interchangeable terms. But wisdom is different from knowledge. The presence of knowledge does not ensure the presence of wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge. And as we look at Solomon in this passage today, I hope we will see that true wisdom is found in God. How do we get this wisdom? How do we gain this wisdom? What can we learn from Solomon as we think about this? First of all, as I read already in verses 7 to 9, Solomon asked God for wisdom or a discerning heart. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of your father David, but I am only a little child. I do not know how to start or finish. Your servant is among your people which you have chosen. They are many people. They are too many people to number. By God's promises, the kingship of Israel passed to David and Bathsheba's son, Solomon. After David's sin with Bathsheba, the Lord rendered judgment by the death of that baby. But later, the Lord displayed His grace by allowing Bathsheba to become the mother of the next king, Solomon. Solomon begins his kingship by humbling himself before the Lord. 
First of all, Solomon acknowledges the Lord's goodness and faithfulness to his people. Secondly, Solomon humbled himself before the Lord. And the Lord told Solomon that he could ask for whatever he wanted and whatever he desired. And the Lord promised to give Solomon whatever he had asked for. And in a display of wisdom, Solomon asked for wisdom to rule over God's people. The Lord was pleased with Solomon's request. And the Lord promises to bless Solomon and his people. And he promised to give Solomon Solomon those things he had not asked for, like riches, honor, and fame. Next, we want to see the example of Solomon's wisdom. In verses 16 to 28 in chapter 3, we have the story of two prostitutes who appeared before Solomon with a dispute over a baby boy. They each laid claim to the boy. And under Lord's, the Lord's leadership, Solomon asked for a sword to cut the baby in half. To each prostitute, half the boy would be given. And the mother who spoke up quickly asking that the boy be given to the other woman. And from this act of compassion, Solomon determined that she was the true mother of the boy. He awarded her custody of that baby boy. And for that, Solomon was praised for his wisdom. This now is probably the most repeated story of Solomon's wisdom as king that we find in the Bible. So we've seen that Solomon asked for wisdom. We see the example of Solomon's wisdom. And now we look at a description of what Solomon's wisdom is. Solomon's, wis- Solomon's wisdom Riches and knowledge became well known. The Lord kept his promises and richly blessed Solomon and his people. Solomon's wisdom was superior to any other person in the world then or now, as we read in our scripture earlier. The queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon to see if all she has heard is true. She said that what she had heard was not half of what Solomon possessed. The fourth thing I want us to notice is Solomon's unwise choices and their consequences. So we see that Solomon has matured in his in his wisdom and discernment. We see how he how he received it through asking God for that wisdom. And we see how that wisdom became renowned around all the world. But then we see Solomon's unwise choices and their consequences. The Lord blessed Solomon beyond imagination, but he still strayed from the Lord's direction. The Lord warned him not to marry women from other countries or religions because they would draw him away from the Lord. You see, Solomon's wives were his downfall. He built altars to their gods to keep them happy. He even joined in the worship of their gods. But before we jump to conclusions, I'm not saying that our wives or our husbands are our downfall. I am saying that we must be careful we don't allow others or things to draw us away from our relationship with the Lord. 
Solomon disobeys God by marrying wives from surrounding countries, which during and after the conquest of Canaan was forbidden. See, Solomon's poor decisions angered God. Solomon had turned from the Lord, and as a result, the Lord would remove the kingdom from Solomon's son. And only one generation after David would have the kingship of, the, of, the, of Israel. His promise of keeping the kingdom in his family was conditional, and Solomon forced the Lord to bring punishment to his people. Finally, in Solomon's conclusion, we find it in Ecclesiastes 12, which Dean mentioned in his message last week. Solomon was granted divine wisdom. He diverted from the way of God and tried to gain pleasure and joy from the world. (coughs) He tried it all, but he concluded that where he started was the best way. The message of Ecclesiastes is an overview of all the worldly endeavors that Solomon attempted as substitutes for true wisdom and joy. He concluded that all these were vanity. And before his life ended on earth, Solomon encouraged all of us to stay the course with the Lord. You see, true wisdom, joy, and discernment comes from him. Solomon is telling us not to waste our time on worldly pursuits. The world will not and cannot satisfy our longings for worth, joy, wisdom, and knowledge. The Lord is the answer to those longings and needs. In conclusion, I want to share... Four brief things here concerning this wisdom. And I think in this day and age, and as we watch the news and we see what's going on around us, we have to wonder, where is the truth? Who is telling me the truth? What is the truth? And we're seeking that wisdom or that discernment that uh, Solomon was asking about. So I want to say this. I want to say recognize that true wisdom is something that we need. Like grace, wisdom is something God offers and which we must receive. It is a gift. Number two, repent of our claim on wisdom. Repent on our claim, of our claim on wisdom. Turn to God. Have faith. Believe in God and in His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Then ask Him for wisdom. Number three, receive the anointing of wisdom. Even as Joshua received wisdom from Moses after he laid his hands upon him, recognize that wisdom is a spiritual act. It has very little to do with cognitive and development or education. It has everything to do with the anointing of God to see what is right and what is wrong. To know what to do and when to do it. You and I both know that wisdom does not come along with a sheepskin of a diploma or a certification. So today I say cry out to God 
and he will answer you and anoint you with wisdom. Number four, use wisdom for the glory of God and for the good of others. If wisdom is not exercised, then wisdom will cease to be. However, the very nature of wisdom instructs your heart to use your insights, your discernment, your discretion, your vision to fulfill God's will and to demonstrate how to live with your neighbor. Many times we think of wisdom in making decisions of what to do, but there are times that we need discernment and wisdom in making decisions of not what not to do. Yes, wisdom is a bountiful blessing that is available to all. You have only to go to the Lord God and ask for this wisdom. As Paul prayed with the Colossians, he to be granted wisdom in Colossians chapter 1. He did so by asking that they be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let us always remember that Jesus is the fullness of God's wisdom. To receive the anointing of wisdom then is in some way to know the mind of God and to draw close to the one whose wisdom is incarnate, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, and to receive him is to recognize your need of him and to cry out to him. God will answer your prayer. So this is wisdom and how to find it. Let's learn from Solomon's mistakes. He kept nothing from himself. He tried everything this world had to offer, but in the end he realized that God has everything to offer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for your word. We thank you for the truth of wisdom and that true wisdom is the knowledge of you and your Son, Jesus Christ, by faith. And I ask that during these days when things seem difficult and hard to understand and difficult to know what to do and who to believe and where to go and what to say, that we will just rest in your everlasting arms and pray for the wisdom and discernment we need to live out our lives to honor you, and to honor those around us. So I ask your blessing on each and every person this morning who are listening to this and watching this, and ask that you will pour out your grace in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I went faster than I thought, but when there's nobody out there, it's kind of like, because usually when I'm up here, I'm kind of going, looking